since the dawn of time, many of the world's best thinkers have tried to understand Wikipedia. Leonardo da Vinci, Socrates, Einstein. But all have failed until now. Two great warriors have stepped forward. I am Ben Graw the Mighty. And I am Garth Remington the Kingslayer. They aren't thinkers, they're doers. And they're going to review every single page on Wikipedia. That task is impossible. And remember, if you listen to this podcast, then hot girls will want to hook up with you. We totally will. This is the Wiki Review. It's not even on Netflix. If Netflix don't want it, it should die. Because I've seen him do it in movies, but... (laughs) You took away my source material. I've seen them throw, like, a motorcycle at a helicopter in a movie. Welcome to Wiki Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Gareth Remington. And on this episode, we thought we were sick of doing dumb, stupid topics, so we wanted to talk about a person, and not only any person, someone who was insanely intelligent. So that's why we picked Playboy model slash scientist Jenny McCarthy. So on this episode, we're doing the Wikipedia page for Jenny McCarthy. Oh my god, you can buy pictures of me naked. I know about science. <laughs> That's kind of a wrap up of what you just said, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. We had the same intro. That's what happens when we don't discuss these beforehand. I'm like, did he just copy my intro with a silly voice? I kind of did. <laughs> but what else is there to say about this woman? Jenny McCarthy, for those who don't know, she was that chick on basketball. And she was in Scream 3. Who was she in Scream 3? Because I honestly know her as the basketball chick and that's it. I don't know. I'm just looking at a Wikipedia okay. page and I've seen basketball there and I've seen it's... Scream 3. Oh my God. Scream 3. I was thinking about scary movie when you said scream 3 I think she was in scary movie 3 as well that's where it's going to get confusing she was in scary movie 3 in 2003 oh my god she's like one of the and scream 3 in 2000 and she's not one of the front people in scream 3 her role was Sarah Darling well that didn't take him long to think of did it (laughs) Sarah Darling she's a darling alright let's take a break (laughs) you've done it again Wes you've earned that nap Wes and she was Kate in scary movie she didn't even get a last name (laughs) I mean Scary Movie 3 wasn't good I mean Scary Movie 1 and 2 are arguably good you would have to argue it but you could argue that they're good 3 onwards I don't know what they're up to now 19 maybe but it's terrible and when they get to the point where it's getting less and less writers it's the same guys who also did the epic movie yeah and superhero movie but epic movie was advertised as from two of the eight writers from Scary Movie so it's gonna be like one quarter as good as 
Scary Movie 3. That's like barely a rating of good. <laughs> Scary Movie 1 was a great idea. Did it predate Not Another Teen Movie? Yes, it did. So it was the first like... It was the first one that did that. Technically, the first spoof was Flying High. I guess it sort of disappeared for a very long time and it kind of had a resurgence after Scary Movie. It's kind of like what American Pie did with teen movies. They had teen movies before, but they stopped for ages mm. and then this... Oh my God. Kind. American Pie is to Scary Movie as Flying High is to Porky's. Because Porky's was the teen movie from back in the day, as was Flying High. And then they just disappeared. They went, oh, we've already got that movie. We don't need to make any more. Then along came Scary Movie and American Pie. And they went, okay, well, we'll just jam them out from now on. The Porky's is an obscure reference. I find most people who I say Porky's to, they have no idea what I'm talking about. Really? Yeah. That's like a big thing, though. Maybe It it's... was a big thing, like, <laughs> decades ago. Maybe you're talking to too young. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what Porky's is, please write in, let us know. Because I said Porky's very confidently, feeling like everyone knows what Porky's is. It's a milestone. <laughs> it's like saying The Godfather, Scarface. And your other example is Flying High, which is called Aeroplane everywhere else in the world. Are you serious? Yeah. No way. It is. I was over in London and somebody was talking to me about the movie Aeroplane. Aeroplane. And I was like, no, never seen it. And they started describing scenes to me. I'm like, do you mean Flying High? Was it Aeroplane with an exclamation point? I don't know if it had an exclamation okay. point. There, there's some movie that has an exclamation point. I'm like, maybe that's it. So is it only Australia that says flying high? I think it's only Australia. Why? It, this is like Mad Max in reverse. I also remember going to a video store in London and it had a DVD called Harold and Kumar Get the Munchies. <laughs> instead of go to White Castle. Because, well, yeah, why did we get White Castle? We don't know what White Castle is. And I learned a... what White Castle is through the movie. And there's a Seth Rogen movie called Bad Neighbours. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Everywhere else in the world it's just called Neighbours but they didn't want to call it Neighbours here because we have a hit TV show called Neighbours and they thought we'd get confused oh, when we hear stupid. about a Neighbours movie now that's fair enough at first because I didn't even remember there was a TV show called Neighbours so like <laughs> they called it Bad Neighbours like what so everyone else just assumes their neighbours are bad we're the first people like oh they're neighbours so well are they good neighbours or bad neighbours we need to know we're Australians I mean the other side of the fence you could be a top bloke could be a bit of a dickhead mate like we need to know good or bad we need adjectives for our neighbours. The rest of the world, they released the movie Neighbours and they're like, well, clearly it's about a bunch of fuckheads. <laughs> I'm looking down her filmography here and I'm trying to think of like, do I know any of these? Okay, let's start from the top here. In 1995, she did a movie called Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. And she played Blonde Nurse. See, if it was Blonde Nurse 3, that would have been bad. <laughs> At least she was just the Blonde Nurse. Well, she wasn't the Blonde Nurse. There might have been two and three, but she was first Blonde <laughs> Nurse. That's what we know for sure. Well, that's a strong start for her. Of all the Blonde Nurses, you're number one. You you don't have a name. I mean, nurses usually have a name tag on them as they walk around. Not you. Couldn't afford that extra $5. And also the writer couldn't be bothered to think up a name. Tell you what, Sarah Darling. There you go. <laughs> You're now Sarah Darling at everything you do. And then she played in the movie The Stupids. Have you ever seen The Stupids? No, is that her autobiography? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's even worse. It's a Tom Arnold movie. <laughs> That's right. Is it his autobiography? <laughs> Pretty much. Minus Roseanne. It's Tom Arnold and family. And here's 
is the big plot twist. They're stupid. <laughs> it's a movie about a family whose last name is Stupids and they're stupid. Oh, that's unfortunate. It was pretty bad. Jenny McCarthy was in The Stupids and she played glamorous actress. <laughs> How did she become a glamorous actress so quickly? Everyone knows her as the famous blonde nurse. <laughs> now she's in The Stupids as a glamorous actress. That makes sense. Well, at what point did she pose naked? That's a good point. Because, yeah, she was in Playboy. Let's find that. And that's her early uh, life oh, yeah. career. She was Playmate of the Year in 94, and then she did her first movie in 95. So she got her boobs out to the world, and they went, okay, you can be a blonde nurse and then a glamorous actress. We've <laughs> seen you naked. Let's see if you can act. <laughs> you got past the first screen test. You can't um, be a famous actress yet, but you can play a glamorous actress. Though I have seen Basketball. And that's what I know her from, and that is a classic movie. I feel it should be brought up more. I don't think there's enough acknowledgement that Basketball exists. It's one of those movies that when it came out, did you not think it was a great movie? I thought it was good, but I know that Trey Parker and Matt Stone don't think it's good. Really? They get annoyed by it because people think that they wrote it and they didn't. They just starred in it. Wait, they didn't write it? They didn't write it. They didn't write it? No, it was not them at all. And that annoys them, but people think it does. That would annoy the shit out of me too. Because they don't think that a lot of the jokes are funny. (gasps) Oh my God. Now that you mention it, it it's very different to a lot of their humor. (laughs) Now you're thinking, I don't like it either. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so they don't like it. Was Orgasmo theirs? Orgasmo was theirs. And all the other ones that they're in, Team America, that was them too. I will say basketball is very different to what they normally do. I liked it. I liked their performances. I assumed that they wrote it because they both make out with a Playboy bunny. <laughs> one got to make out with Jenny McCarthy and the other one made out with Victoria Silvestad. They actually made a big point about saying her name. With your beautiful models, Victoria Silvestad, Playmate of the Year. Shit. <laughs> But then they ended it by the two of them kissing each other. So I assume that that's those guys going, okay, we'll write a movie. We'll kiss each other just to prove we're not like freaks and pervs. But we'll write it into the script that the two of us get to make out with hot chicks. (laughs) But no, someone else wrote in that they kiss each other. And that they get to kiss hot chicks. I don't know. How would you feel about that pitch? Someone pitches like, oh, we've heard Wiki Review. We want you guys in a movie. Doesn't matter what it's about. Point is, you get to make out with some hot chicks, but then you got to make out with each other. I guess my real counter question to know whether to do it or not would be do I have to make out with the chicks or can I just make out with Ben (laughs) are the girls essential to the plot like I don't want to be like some weird guy who's all just making out with chicks I mean I'll make out with Ben all day that's fine (laughs) you'd be there going Ben's character should use more tongue (laughs) 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 and he's a grabber alright again take 72 oh sorry I forgot my line oh Ben sorry I just I keep messing this up (laughs) and you're there like I need chapstick my lips are getting raw you got a lot of stubble <laughs> I've never dealt with stubble while kissing it's not good so yeah I didn't know that basketball was not them and it's changed my world completely that was my reaction as well when I first heard it now I get why they weren't liking it that makes sense now I think their number one complaint is that people think that they wrote it which we've discussed this before if you did something and you got famous for it and everyone loved it but you didn't write it it would kind of burr you up only if people thought that was my best thing they've clearly got other things that are better they got South Park. That's legendary. That will live forever. Team America. It's a great movie. A lot of great songs in it. Book of Mormon, their musical, won a bunch of Tonys. Yeah, you won a Tony, but then I meet you and I'm like, oh my God, I loved you in basketball. Like, fuck you. Because <laughs> you would never say that basketball was the best thing that they ever did. Even no. when you thought they wrote it. You put it pretty low down on yeah. there. I said it was underrated. That's how I approached it. I said, this is a movie that not enough people are talking about. It doesn't go down as a classic in cinema history. I mean, it definitely is a good movie.
movie though and oh, watchable yeah. and I did like it and their performances are good and I think Jenny McCarthy did a great job in it and it's the first movie she was in where she actually got a full name for her role she was Yvette Denslow before that she was just adjectives and jobs well the next part is Sugar that can be someone's name Diamonds that was the movie yeah she played Sugar and Diamonds I have Sounds no like idea what that is at a guess something to do with prostitution or a strip club Diamonds I've never heard of that movie she's done a lot of movies that's a comedy it gives us no information on it though what is it 1999 well I assume you'd put her in a comedy I don't think she's a serious actress there are different kinds of good looking chick that you see in movies and she's what I call comedy good looking <laughs> there's just something a bit like slapstick to her well apparently she was playboy good looking well yeah but then that wrestler chick China was in playboy but then she wasn't playmate of the year though like they're saying of the whole year she was the best playmate they had didn't playboy stop doing nude models in their magazines did they and Which no one knows the point well they did their surveys and it turns out that people when they asked were just like no no i'm just reading it for the articles <laughs> said everyone just just reads the articles. Yeah, they said it just like that. I mean, when was the last time you bought a magazine? No, not not since the internet got really good at porn. I don't even mean just like for nudity. I mean like an actual magazine, like for anything. Who buys magazines? That's true. I remember the first magazine that I really got into, TV Guide. Yes. It came in the newspaper and I would always be excited to get that out. Yes. Because you could look through and see all the shows and it would tell you little blurbs about the episode and you're like, oh. Plus the jeers and cheers. I remember the ratings they used to give the movies and I was so pissed off because they always gave Adam Sandler movies really poor ratings. <laughs> I remember reading it going like Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, they're both like one star. I'm like, what are you going to against Adam Sandler, man? Critics do not like Adam Sandler. But I don't think he gives a shit. I'm well, sorry. Adam Sandler. The people are going to come and watch who like Adam Sandler. Comedy tends not to go too well in ratings too because he's not a girl inside a boy's body that's stuck on a cancer ward in the middle of Liberia. That's how you get a five-star rating. Yeah, the closest to a comedy getting a five-star rating is like Patch Adams. Yeah, with, with the heart and the mm. uh, which as a comedy sucked. Yeah, I get the whole point, but it was stupid. See, I always think the two bad things in a movie is if it's a Christmas movie or it's a <laughs> sequel. And <laughs> she did Santa Baby 2. <laughs> Christmas maybe. Christmas maybe. She did Santa Baby 1 as well. Oh, well at least she came back for the sequel. As Mary Class, Mary Claus. Okay, so she's like Santa's wife? Well, she's on the cover. Wow, this is like- Is this like her starring role? Is this like her series? Is she the star in the sequel? Well, yeah, she's the lead character. Starring oh. Jenny, she's at the top. Oh, there you go. This she is, her is series. the Santa baby. This is her Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Because up until that point, I love that she did Scream 3 and then she did Scary Movie 3. She didn't do Scream 1 or 2. She didn't do Scary Movie 1 or 2. She just came in at the third <laughs> one. Okay, think of the third American Pie. Did that even have any of the actual cast in it? Was that Bandcamp I know one guy didn't turn up. No, the wedding one was three. Oh, was it? Four could be the reunion one that they did, but in between like the wedding and the reunion, they did a bunch about Stifler's brothers or cousins or whatever they were. I'm starting to realize I haven't seen seen much of this. I think I've seen all of them. They're stupid. I don't remember much of them. The second one, they go to the beach. The third one, they get married. And then that's as far as I got. Then there's Stifler's cousin at band camp. And then some frat stuff with another cousin. In those movies, it's only Jim's dad that rocks up. They're not really legitimately American Pie. They could have just been their own series. It was just him getting a B-grade paycheck. It wasn't for Jim's dad turning up and just going like, you know, I had a son who had a thing with a pie once, so... (laughs) 
That's true because the whole series was based on the fact that he had sex with a pie. Mm. It was called American Pie. And since the first one, there's been no pie. No pie. <laughs> if you were given that part where you could be an American Pie and you've got to be the guy who fucks the pie. Oh, be the pie fucker. And it's just like, Garth, for the rest of your career, this is what you will be known for. It doesn't matter what you could do. You could cure cancer. You will be the guy who fucked a pie, pie in a movie. Cu- that cured cancer. <laughs> you will always be known. You'll get paid good. You may get a great career out of this, but everyone will always refer to you as the pie fucker. You cure cancer. People are like, hey, that pie fucker cured cancer. <laughs> you win the lottery. They'd be like, that lucky pie fucker. You win an Oscar for some really serious Auschwitz movie. They'll be like, and the winner is the pie fucker. <laughs> that pie fucker won a trophy. <laughs> Would you do it and be known as the pie fucker forever? Well, if the paycheck's good and I can retire, yeah, I'd be one retired pie fucking motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> do you think the paycheck was good for American Pie though? No. He went on to do Loser and he kind of fell out, didn't he? He did yeah. Jay and Silent Bob strike back as himself. himself. Uh, I think I've seen him play himself in a few other things. Him and, and pretty much the part is going like, hey, you're that pie fucker guy. The only time you'll ever make money ever again is letting people call you pie fucker, which they're going to call you anyways. So you may as well get paid for it. I don't think I've seen him in a movie where they haven't made a reference to a pie in it. <laughs> That's true. Loser, maybe. Loser had no pies, as far as I can remember. They must have thrown a subtle joke in there where it's like, would you like some pie? It's like, <laughs> no. It's just, just put it in there. Hey man, I heard you really like pies. Though everywhere you go, you might get free pie, but then they'll be like, but don't fuck it. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Yeah, for the rest of your life, you will be given pies for free, but everyone will tell you you're not allowed to have sex with that pie every time in front of everyone. And the people in the table next to you haven't seen the movie, so they don't get the reference. They don't understand they what you're They just think talking. you're a guy who comes in all the time and fucks the pies. <laughs> Apparently last time he was here, he tried to have sex with the pie. And any time for the rest of your life, whenever you offer people a slice of pie, <laughs> they lose their mind and they instantly get weirded out. Yeah, but no cream in mine. <laughs> <laughs> she did a movie called Wieners. She played Mrs. Isaac. And she wasn't the main role in that either. Wait, she was in a movie called Tuken. It's a spoof of Taken. The very last one. She did it in 2015. She played herself, Tuken. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Margaret Cho's in it. That's cool. An ex-CIA agent who is now a mall security guard discovers that things are being taken from him. He must team up with his mum, also an ex-CIA agent, to defeat his rival and save his family. Basically the scary movie version of Taken. Yes, exactly. Well, let's watch a trailer for that. I didn't know this existed. Oh my god, is that the dad from Dawson's Creek? Oh no, he's the guy from Oz. Which guy from Oz? The main guy, the, the lawyer who went to jail. Oh, Beecher. Yeah. Beecher's not scary. That's Beecher. I wouldn't be scared of Beecher. Well, by the end, it was pretty scary. Doesn't look that great. I can see why I didn't find out about it. Did you actually expect it to be good? I expected it to be better than that. I didn't see Jenny McCarthy in it, but she plays herself, doesn't she? Might have killed her career. She hasn't done any work since then. I think she might be busy doing other things. I think she has her own TV show. No, it's a whole section for TV. She was on My Name is Earl. Played Wendy. Mailbox. I don't know what episode that is, and I've watched My Name is Earl. See, the Jenny McCarthy show. There you go. Uh, 15 episodes. Oh, Jenny McCarthy's dirty, sexy, funny. (laughs) (laughs) And she was in Nashville. That was a big show, wasn't it? Played herself in one episode. Crazy. Of course she did. It was about her. Oh, and then we get to... Because, yeah, the whole point of this... Jenny McCarthy is married to Donnie Wahlberg. That's a joke in itself. (laughs) It's not even a good Wahlberg. Yeah, he's the new kid on the block Wahlberg. He was the tough guy in a boy band. And therefore, she was in a show called Wahlburgers. Because, you know, they had that restaurant. She only did three episodes and went, fuck this. She went from playmate to serving burgers on TV. I mean, yeah. (laughs) But then she got 
to do their own show after Wahlburgers called Donnie Loves Jenny. Oh, and she was on A Real Housewives. I have to ask Ali about that if she remembers. <laughs> so she has done a lot of work. She's still working. Oh my God, she was nominated for awards. Oh, it's a daytime Emmy and it's a golden raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> the Stinks Bad Movie Awards. She won Worst Actress in Dirty Love. Wow. Dirty Love's all over this. <laughs> yeah. And look, there's like one, two, four Dirty Love nominations. I don't know what Dirty Love is, but apparently it sucked. <laughs> Worst Supporting Actress in Basketball. It's what- like everyone's shitting on basketballs tonight. And what's a Golden Apple Award? Why do I feel like she, she won in 1997 Female Star of the Year? I feel like that's a porn. It sounds like it would be. It does, doesn't it? Oh, she was in Command and Conquer the Red Alert 3 as Tanya. I remember that. I remember playing that game because I've played the other Was she good as Tanya? She was very believable as Tanya. Tanya's the tough chick who's like a combat specialist. And in the other ones, uh, the earlier Command and Conquers, I remember going, yeah, Tanya, she's a crazy chick. She goes out and you need that character. Then I remember in number three, watching it going, she looks kind of familiar. This is a different one. I actually think I thought, is that Jenny McCarthy? No, it couldn't be. It's a video game. She'd never slide that low. (laughs) Apparently she did. The Brady Bunch 35th anniversary reunion special, still Brady after all these years. She was nominated for that, a daytime Emmy Award. Oh, really? There was a Brady Bunch reunion? Why would they let that show die? It was 35th anniversary reunion special. So they brought them back, the ones that are still alive, I guess. They'd all still be alive. Would Alice be alive? I don't know. Alice might be dead. Go straight to Alice. She was a trucker in James Silent Bob Strike Back or something? She was in a trucker in the uh, Brady Bunch movie. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Because they had like a bunch of them playing cameos in that movie. The one that they made in the 90s. That Brady Bunch movie, I find that interesting though, because it was a really shitty movie and the premise was that it was them living in the 90s, but still being like Brady Bunch like they were in the 60s. And the movie was kind of shit and there was kind of this thing of like, well, how do you expect us to make a good movie out of that premise? And then someone released Smallville, which (laughs) is a good movie with exactly that same premise. (laughs) What was it? Elijah Wood and Reese Witherspoon? Yeah. Sucked into a TV. Oh, yeah. I never saw it, but that that sounds familiar. And then it was black and white. And it slowly becomes colors. It's actually a really good movie. It's the Brady Bunch movie, but a really well-made version. If you're making a Brady Bunch movie, you've already sold out your beliefs kind of a little bit. What do you expect me to make of this? (laughs) If I was given the task to write a Brady Bunch movie, I wouldn't try that hard. Like, we rewrite things a lot, but maybe third draft, I'd be like, ah, it's as good as it's going to get. And I wouldn't look back after I did it. (laughs) I saw they continued on that series, releasing them straight to DVD. And I think there was Brady Bunch Goes to the White House. Oh, dear God. I remember seeing that pop up in a lot of places. (laughs) They did a sequel, which I think was a movie that went around where they went to Hawaii or something. Yeah, because they did that in the TV show and they had the bad luck omen thing. Very famous Brady Bunch episode. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a two-parter or something. Who knows about the Brady Bunch these days? That's my point. It should just die. It's not even on Netflix. If Netflix don't want it, it should die. (laughs) Some shows cycle around, but yeah, when was the last time you saw a Brady Bunch just appear? Well, back then we watched it because it was on. Same reason I watched MASH. I don't need to watch either of these shows anymore. (laughs) Ever. Ever. They're done. I did it. That's why I'm surprised shows like The View and Ellen and stuff like that still work. Because I'm like, who's still watching live television? Mums. I guess, yeah. Are you ever home to watch that? Well, no, I'm usually at work. Well, then it's got nothing to do with you. Mind your business. (laughs) Face the front, eyes on the road. But I just wonder with like streaming these days where you can just watch good shows at any time. But at the same time, you have to physically pick it. I imagine most people who watch Ellen aren't actually paying attention. It's just 
just on while they're vacuuming or looking after a baby or like, I don't know if you've ever been in a doctor's office. I'll watch it while I'm trying not to think of what I'm about to go through. (laughs) Another time when you read magazines. Yeah, there you go. That's (laughs) where the magazines are. I only say this because I don't think Ellen has the religious icon type of hold over her viewers that Oprah did. (laughs) Because when Oprah was on, bitches be listening. I know. I think Ellen's got a pretty dedicated fan base though. People dance in her audience. Do they dance? She dances. Audience dances too. Oh, lucky. Totally start every show and then you always see that guy who gets dragged along by his oh, girlfriend yes. and he's got to dance as well but he's sort of like half-assing it <laughs> i'm involved i'm on tv i, gotta I showed up apparently uh, that wasn't enough <laughs> reminds me of an episode of the nanny <laughs> yeah since we're pulling all this shit out where they went on a talk show and yeah they the two guys go along with all the girls and the, the nanny's been interviewed and she does the whole like if women were in charge there'd be no wars the whole crowd all women woo, yeah <laughs> and then mr Sheffield goes, yeah, because you'd all be too busy bloody talking. And there's this silence. And then the butler and the boy both go, because they're the Uh, only two guys in the whole room. (laughs) We got your back, dude. It's not enough. (laughs) That's Uh, exactly how those shows are. That's sad, though, when a show goes downhill where it's like on this week's premise, they're on a talk show. It's like you've run out of ideas, haven't haven't you? (laughs) This is like season nine. We've run out of ideas and now we're willing to just steal other people's formats. <laughs> That'd be interesting being in a show where you're up to like season nine or ten. You've done everything. It's all done. Like you go like, can we put this character with this character? No, no, we did that in season three. Everyone has hooked up with everyone. They've gone to every country. They've tried every sport. And then someone's just like, time machine. Like, go on. <laughs> it's just everyone just starts saying random words till we get something different. What if the workplace moves to space and it's orbiting around the planet? That'll work. Because shows do eventually get crazy after a while it's true they run out of ideas and I think it's also they bring in uh, new writers so things start coming out of left field I've been watching season 27 of The Simpsons lately wow speaking of shows that have been going forever yeah when you said shows that have gone everywhere and done everything yeah what the is Simpsons what is season 27 like it's really good well you like Simpsons no matter what yeah I even gave them yeah the real Seymour Skinner episode <laughs> I like that so that's where my priorities are I forget <clears throat> where they went no they went to Paris because they hadn't been there yet uh, Bart has uh, he has, yeah, way back. So Which, they, they've already gone through all the countries, so they're doing the loop back mm, through. But only Bart went there. And actually, when they rocked up, the two guys from the Bart episode were there. Well, of course, they'd have to be. You'd yeah. expect that. Marge made a point of like, this has actually been a good holiday. We're having a good time. Unlike, and then they listed every country they've been to, and it's a long freaking list, and you forget them. Japan, Brazil, Australia, Hawaii, so forth. England. Alaska. They've pretty much been Italy. everywhere. Just randomly say countries. Africa. And then they've been there. They have been there. They've been everywhere, man. And you can imagine like the Simpsons map where they're like, where haven't we gone in the world? Russia? Do we want them to go to Russia? That seems like that's going to cause a problem in the long run. <laughs> no, they haven't been to Russia, no. So what are they doing going to France twice? Because well, what episode are you going to make in Russia? That sounds like that's going to cause issues. Do you think they'll ever come back to Australia? Nah, Steve Irwin's dead. Yeah. I don't think they know much more about Australia than what they already did. They just said, look, that's all our Australian material. Yeah, we've, we've got everything. In fact, that's what everyone knows about Australia. So they would just be doubling up. French, we can riff on that for a while. There's all culture. I think, to be honest, they did cover Australia as good as it's going to get. As good as they're going to do, I guess. They had Crocodile Dundee. They had an Aboriginal. They had Mad Max and koalas and crocodiles. Yeah, that's all of Australia. They covered everything. Yeah, but all the Australians were drinking Fosters. When have you seen an Australian drink Fosters? I don't even know if you can buy it in pubs. Yeah, no one serves it on tap, do they? I reckon 
reckon even if you ask for it, they'd give you a weird look. Yeah, like, why? That's just for display purposes only, so we can say we have a range. <laughs> but no, stereotypes are bad, you know? And mm-hmm. we got to get rid of these false stereotypes. Like, you put that on Australians that we all drink Fosters, you know, it reflects badly on us. And it's not nice to be saying nasty things about Australians like that. I reckon if they had had, like, VB or Forex, I would have bought that. Well, Forex is just in Queensland. Well, that depends where they were basing it. I guess was it in Canberra Sydney. then? Well, it should be in Canberra, but you know that they mean Sydney. Because they went to Parliament House, because I was trying to think if they saw any landmarks, because I just remember them being in you know, there was, Australia. There was no Opera House. It was very casual looking. It didn't look like, yeah, they didn't. Because I, I thought they were going for anywhere Australia, essentially. Though what is a good beer that everyone in Australia but could v- agree on? I don't think there's a good beer. Or at least like the beer that's drunk most places in Australia. Coopers. Was I, Coopers around back then? Uh, or like heavily around? I just assume it was always around. Because I think I may have mentioned this. I went to Adelaide. I always drink Tui's New because that's the cheap beer when I was young. So I never got off that. And you know that whenever you go into a pub, we've said this before, forget the, what do they call the microbrewery craft beers. I just want a Tui's New. I went in there. I went up to the counter. I was in a rush. Like, hey, can I go to beer? Uh, what do you want? Tui's New. And he looked at me like I was an asshole. I don't know what you're saying right now. Can you just order a fucking beer? So they don't even know what Tui's New is or is it just so socially unacceptable? So then I looked around and went, what's one of the things I know in front of me? Coopers. I'll have a Coopers. And apparently that's everywhere in Australia. They're very big on Coopers in South Australia, but I know that that's here as well. Yeah, you can definitely get that everywhere on tap. So So yeah, if everyone was drinking Coopers, that would have been a nice touch. But not enough that anyone outside of Australia would care or even realize that that was a thing. But if you were making a show where your characters went to a foreign country, would you want to make it so in that country they don't look at it and go like, oh, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. I'd almost want them to be offended. <laughs> like, you know the part in the Simpsons episode where both Bart and Homer try to get into kangaroo pouches? Because for some reason in the middle of a city where they have Parliament House, there are kangaroos just standing on the side of the street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have to clear kangaroos to record the podcast. That's right. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> we always have a clean up all the koalas clawing up the microphone stand too. So I think we've politely danced around uh, this long enough. Okay, so Jenny McCarthy, she is the anti-vax woman. Because vaccines cause autism. She has an autistic son or had. I don't know what chelation therapy is. Moving heavy metals from the body, long history and use in clinical tox... Um... Okay, so... Chelation? Chelation, is that? Chelation? Chelation? I don't know what it is. But apparently, according to Jenny, chelation therapy cured her son of autism, which I don't know if autism is no. a curable thing. Is that no, a thing? No, I, I definitely don't think any of that sounds right at all. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he still has autism if or he didn't to begin. But okay. he's just a little slow now. <laughs> We've upgraded him. But what gets me here? Okay, so this is why I brought this up. She's the anti-vax woman who says that vaccines cause autism and she based this on the fact that her son was vaccinated and became autistic. But then she says his autism was cured by this therapy. What's the problem then with vaccines if you can just cure the autism? Yeah, and how do we know he actually had autism to begin with? The vaccine gave him the autism, but then we fixed it. (laughs) Wait, so this thing that doesn't give you autism gave him autism, and then this thing that doesn't get rid of autism, because autism isn't something you can get rid of, got rid of it? It must hurt to be in her head. It's kind of like that magic trick I have where I can make my card disappear. And then I can make it reappear before we go back out there. Yes! I know the one. (laughs) So right now it's gone? 
and now it's back. Do you go out there and check? My car's there. It's like my trick where I can travel forward in time at a one-to-one ratio. Like for <laughs> every see how that's handy. Yeah, for every second that passes, I can travel a second into the future. All right, so we're both as smart as her. Okay, the anti-vax thing. I know that like, everyone is uh, outraged by it. No, it's bad. Are there really that many anti-vax people? All I ever hear are people putting down anti-vax people. I never hear an actual anti-vax person except her. There are a few anti-vax people. I know a while ago in America they had a problem with like measles or something like that. Oh, and we've had that here and we do have that around the world where they make a big point that oh there's an outbreak of this thing. But there's always that. What I'm well getting- that was due to low vaccination rates because like we got rid of smallpox. Hey. So we can do that with vaccines. We did that. We did it good. So things that we thought that we'd pretty much got under control sort of like flared back up again because vaccine rates went down because the anti-vax movement became popular. This is what I'm getting at. Did it become popular or is it just that it's always kind of like that and it just flows normally like that there's always people who don't get vaccinated? It just feels like the only contact that I've had with anti-vax is people putting down anti-vax people. Like it seems like it's a thing that people want to jump on and criticize, but is there really an increase? It's kind of like anti-global warming where it's like in theory those people exist where it's like, oh, it's all a hoax. We can pollute as much as we want. Well, the difference is- But mostly that's seen as stupid. Yeah, but everyone who happens to be anti-climate change happens to own an oil company. The only people who don't believe in climate change are the ones who actually (laughs) matter. Whereas I liken an anti-vax person to like a flat earther. Like you really believe the earth is flat? Have you met someone who's like, yeah, the earth's flat? Like you hear about it and there's like a famous person, like one or two who's like, yeah, yeah. I guess the problem with it is, is there are people out there who I've talked to before who believe that if you give your kid a vaccination that there is a risk of it and they're just like oh it's a small risk but there have been a few cases of it and it's like well no no no, there haven't been any cases that's complete misinformation (laughs) all the therapies they use like the chelation therapies and any sort of cleansing thing is not good I'm so glad I grew up in a scientific medical family where my veterinary or like uh, whatever my mom does no Uh, holistic cures for you yeah no like if you're a kid and like you like got smallpox and someone handed you like a rock you'd be like well I'm gonna die (laughs) this is the best you give me no that's quartz it has great healing properties you just have to have positive thoughts if you hand me a rock and say the only way I'm actually gonna live is stay positive I know I'm gonna die and when I die I know you're gonna say I wasn't positive enough I know a friend who had a kid who had like this little amber necklace on that was meant to help with teething and I was interested in it because I was kind of like oh is it because like the amber's soft and then they can chew on it and it helps and they're like oh no 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 it's these healing qualities that comes with like oh magic (laughs) oh it's a magic rock it's a magic rock okay so the magic rock's gonna stop teething (laughs) even the tone in your voice I could hear is like oh that's my cue to tune out now (laughs) oh it has healing properties and I'm elsewhere hey that's great and I mean if you're a parent you have the right to screw your kid up however you want I'm pretty sure that's why people have kids because they want that power of slave Mm. ownership mixed with God of like I can turn you into whatever I want I can have you completely unvaccinated I can make you believe that rocks heal things I can get you really into mullets well, with the rock, because I asked if it worked and the baby still does have some teething issues where they cry a bit, but it would probably be much worse without the rock. <laughs> I'm just going to let that soak into everyone for a second. So the kid didn't have any teething problems because he got on the rock? Oh no, she had teething problems, but it would have been so much worse. You know what? It's a good thing you got that fucking rock for the kid. Don't put a rock on a baby that's just getting teeth out. It'll chip the kid's teeth. Well, it was an amber thing, so it would just sort of like be gummy. Oh, amber, like uh, like tree sap. 
Yeah. Like, that's why I thought it had plausibility as, like, a chewing thing. You actually thought of a real reason where Yeah, like, I would have bought that. <laughs> I'd be like, they chew on all sorts of crap. Yeah. You give them something that won't do any damage. It's soft. That makes, makes sense. sense. But no, magic. And I get the idea, like, you know, magic spray or anyone who played sport in the 70s, the magic sponge, which is actually how you get an infection. The idea that, you know, if I give you this and I tell you this is going to make you better, there's that whole placebo effect. But, oh, it's magical. Okay. Like, at least do something. Like, spray some water in the kid's face. Rub a sponge on it. Don't just give him a rock and hope for the best. Yeah, see, the placebo effect definitely has its limits because it doesn't necessarily make you feel better. It just makes you think you feel better. You think it would have been worse had you not had the placebo. There's no mind over matter thing. Like, if I tried to give you a placebo parachute, it wouldn't work out. Although I would feel like I'm slowing down. <laughs> you know what I said? Yeah, I may have died on impact, but I would have splattered way worse if I didn't have my placebo parachute. That's definitely right. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Maybe if I believed in it more, if I was more positive thinking, I probably would have survived. So really it's my fault that the placebo parachute didn't work. Imagine that if you landed on like a haystack or something and you survived, but you didn't credit the haystack, you credited your placebo parachute. I truly believed I was wearing a parachute <laughs> and that's why I survived. I hate that idea just for the fact that if I fall out of a plane without a parachute and I find a haystack to land on and I live, there is no way I give credit to anyone but me. <laughs> that is my story. I did that. And if someone's like, oh, you know, it's because you're positive. No, it's because I'm a genius. Look at the weirdest moment when you jumped out of a plane, you've realized your parachute doesn't work. You can see in the field this little haystack and you're just sort of like going, I wonder if I can hit that from here. I got nothing else to do. I may as well do it. I don't see anything else. That's the, the closest thing. And also because you're above it, you don't know how tall it is. Can you really direct yourself in the air or is it pretty much just up to falling? Because I've seen him do it in movies, but... <laughs> you took away my source material. I've <laughs> seen them throw like a motorcycle at a helicopter in a movie, so... Yeah, I've seen people drive out of a window on a motorcycle and jump onto a helicopter. And, <laughs> yeah, I get you. But you've got to be able, because you're falling, but you can sort of angle yourself. Like, you see how, like, people who actually parachute, they do stuff. They can all, like, but do link they have up... special suits? I imagine the suits would just make it easier. Because could you do it in what you're wearing now? Or I assume if you jumped out and your parachute wasn't working, you're probably wearing one of those suits. No, I, I disagree with you. If you jump out of a plane without a parachute, there's no way that you have got a parachuting outfit on because why would you put on a parachuting outfit and not attach the parachute? <laughs> Clearly, if I'm jumping out of a plane without a parachute, things aren't going as I planned. <clears throat> oh my God. If like a plane's going down and they're like, look, we haven't got a parachute, but look right down there. There's a haystack. Aim for that. How do I move in the air? <laughs> You'll figure it out. You've got four miles to figure it out. Uh, I'm getting further away the more I try. <laughs> oh, that's pressure. <laughs> But what if you see that haystack and you're like, could I? And you actually pull it off and you get on that haystack and that's how you find the needle. <laughs> well, he landed right in the haystack. Yeah, but he was impaled on that needle. Yeah, knowing my luck, that's the day the farmer left his pitchfork into the haystack. <laughs> and not the spiky way up. We're talking, you're going to go right up the rod, oh. like the handle up. Because the speed you're going at, and we know that it's going up the butt, right? We've made that apparent by I now. I think my head would pop off. At that speed. I imagine that it goes right through and comes out your mouth. So the last thing you taste is your ass. <laughs> That's not how I want to die. Especially when I thought like, oh my God, I'm going to make this. I'm going to land in the haystack. I'm going to survive. Oh my God, this is much worse. I should have just landed in a field. 
I should have tried to hit a cow. Yeah, that's a horrible way to end. Oh my God, I'm going to die. No, I'm not. I have hope that I'm going to... Oh my God, that's the most painful experience I've ever had. Is that shit? And I'm dead. I've always wondered if you were to jump out of a plane without a parachute, if you go through like the seven stages of death or the five stages of grief. I yeah. think you go through as many as you have time for. Like, Because <laughs> you're just like jumping out and just being like, there is no way I jumped out of that plane right now. Denial. There's no way. <laughs> you got to get over the denial stage quick. And it's very easy when you've jumped out of a plane because you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I have heard a guy say, yeah, you get sucked out of a plane up in the air. Yeah, that's a terrifying thing. You'd pass out. But the thing is you wake up two minutes later, you still got like two miles more to drop. You wake up like, oh my God. Oh, I'm still falling. I'm going to die. Yeah, getting that where am I moment when you're plummeting through the sky. And also you have to get used to the fact that your face is being like pulled back because they say that like when you jump out of an airplane, you're meant to spread your arms, but they make it sound like you have an option, like a choice to do it. Now, when you jump out of a plane, your arms just fling out and it's a, you're falling. You know, like the giant drop? That, but like, it just keeps going. See, I've parachuted before. Yeah, what's it like for? Why, <coughs> why are you asking me? Why don't you tell me these things? Can you move around in the air? Oh, no, I don't know. Because the way how I had it was, I didn't do the tandem thing. I did it by myself. Oh, really? You can do that the first time? Yeah, I had to do like this six hour course beforehand. And so- <laughs> But I'm not a fag, so I didn't want some <laughs> dude on my butt. So I had to do it myself. Damn right. You're not very competent at doing things. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of instructions. It's a life or death situation. Oh, you... I wasn't paying attention during any of it. I'm surprised they <laughs> let me go up. <laughs> I'm surprised. I remember like after they did the reserve shoot bit where they just like explain going like, okay, if something goes wrong, this is how you get your reserve shootout. By the end of it, I was just like, oh, well, if my parachute doesn't work, I guess I'm going to die. <laughs> Rather than listen, I just... <laughs> I just hope my parachute works. <laughs> Sometimes life hands you lemons, right? <laughs> it's just not my day. I had a good run. This is how you're approaching the safety brief. <laughs> okay, if your parachute doesn't open, I guess I'll die. I'm, I'm cool with that. Is everyone else cool with that? Can we get on? Like, I'm kind of bored. It was six That's hours of class. Time. It was so fucking boring. Like, I just <laughs> tuned it out. And then there's a point where you get in the plane and you're just like, oh my God, I should not have tuned any of that out. I should have been like paying attention the whole day. You don't have the foresight uh, for something that's going to happen later that afternoon. You know what's going to happen and you couldn't listen for the life of you. Well, there's the thing. At least I knew if everything went right, I shouldn't really have to do anything apart from jump out of the plane. Oh, does it? Because it had like a little line that was attached to the plane and it would oh. pull my parachute over. Oh, so plane. you did like army parachute where it's all attached to the plane so you don't have to rip cord. So I get like <gasps> six seconds of free fall before my parachute's done. Okay, so you didn't fall down. You actually parachuted the whole way down. I parachuted the whole way that down. That makes sense. So I did that where I climbed out. It wasn't like a flat jump out. You had to like climb out onto the wheel and hang onto the wing and then let your feet dangle. So you're basically holding onto the wing of a plane. Okay. How are you holding onto the wing? Is there a bar? There's a bar there. Where's the bar? At the back of the wing? Under the wing. Because the wing's on top of the plane. And to backtrack further, you said you stand on the wheel. Yeah, there's the landing gear that's out. There's a little step on there. It's the step you use to step into the plane. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that sounds a little unprofessional. Okay, so we're up in the air. Just stand on the wheel. No, there's a little metal platform, but you don't stand on it for long because you've got to let your feet dangle. Do you fall vertically? Like, or are you actually like being dragged by the plane? You're being dragged a little. Oh, that's cool. That was actually kind of fun. That sounds like fun. I'd be happy with that. Then I'd go back in the plane and go home. 
I actually really enjoyed it. And then I did the stupidest thing you could do. I looked down and that made me not enjoy it. Oh, that'd be so terrible. And then you have to let go. Go, now that you've done that. And I remember the thing that was going through my head is I've completely changed my mind about this, but Shannon had done it first. So I didn't want to look like a wuss. But yeah, you have to do it now. So I remember thinking in my head the entire time as I'm getting ready to climb out onto this wing of like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> as I was holding onto the wing, I remember thinking like, all right, he's going to give me the thumbs up to say that I can go. The second he does that, don't even think about it. Just let go. And I remember I did that and I had my little free fall and my parachute came out. <sighs> I looked up to check that the parachute wasn't tangled because they were telling me that that could be a thing. And I was thinking about that a lot as I was and climbing out to the wing. That's probably the most important safety briefing thing. Like your parachute might come out, but it might come out messed up. And then the first thing I thought is, I don't remember the free fall. Did I just black out? <laughs> <laughs> It's probably just the adrenaline rush. My brain didn't like it. I've never gone since, which is why I wanted to do the solo one. So I've done that because I'm never doing it again. <laughs> I'm not ever parachuting. I actually have a problem whenever I see footage of people parachuting. You know, they do live like the GoPro of someone jumping out of a plane. So the view is all the way down to the ground and you see them jump out and come. I actually have to stop looking at the TV screen because I get like vertigo or something. I get that too, actually, but I got mine after I went parachuting. <laughs> you were fine up until that happened. <laughs> I had a mild fear of heights and like anyone, the idea of jumping out of a plane that's just scary. That's just instinct. That's a good instinct to have. <laughs> Don't jump out of things that are right up in the air. If you're next to a cloud your ass should be in a seat. Because I don't think there's a person alive who can say that the first time they went parachuting they weren't scared. Because people say like public speaking is scarier than parachuting. I've done public speaking and I've done parachuting. Public speaking is way, way easier. <laughs> you There's, are a comedian though. Yeah, dying is metaphoric though. <laughs> Even my first time on stage versus my first time doing parachuting, I don't think I blacked out at all my first time on stage. You know, you didn't wake up to look around to see if people were laughing. Although I think we've both been in a set where you've suddenly like woken back because you're doing the autopilot thing. Yeah. And suddenly you realize like, oh my God, I'm up to this joke. <laughs> so we do kind of do that. Yeah, I used to do that. I had jokes where I'm like, oh cool. So like three minutes and I can go home. Yeah. But no, I think when people say that people fear, I think the question's done wrong. I actually don't like it when they say you know, people fear public speaking more than they do like all these other things. It's like asking people what's your biggest fear whereas it's what's in their mind at that moment. Like everyone used to say the nuclear war was their biggest fear because there was a threat every day that the world was going to be nuked and now that's not as big a fear anymore people don't think about it and they worry about things like public speaking or elevators. But if you were to put them and say hey you have to choose to deal with one of these situations. You can either be in a nuclear war or you can give a public speech. I think everyone's going to pick the speech. Oh, yeah, I'd give the speech. So when they say people's biggest fear is public speaking, it's just what they worry about the most. But if they were given an option, public speaking or jumping out of a plane, they'd be making the speech. So if you gave me the choice between doing public speaking or being trapped in an elevator, I'd pick the trapped in an elevator. Really? Always Why? wanted that. I... Especially while at work. If I'm on the clock, <laughs> if I'm not on the clock, it's wasting my time and I'll get frustrated quickly, but I've got to be on the clock. Okay. That's the important part. As long as I'm getting paid for the panic. And 
as soon as like home time rolls around, I'll be like, get me out of this elevator. <laughs> then it's not fun anymore. And then I'll do the public speak. It wouldn't even be like, I'm scared. It would just be like, I'm bored. My battery died in my phone. Now I want to go home. I wouldn't like to be trapped in an elevator. First off, it'd be really smelly. There's nowhere to pee that doesn't ruin the smell. And also if the elevator stops moving, I become very aware that I'm just hanging in a box very high up in the air. It's not just by a thread. They have all mechanisms and brakes. It can't actually fall down like it does. That's another movie thing. They say that, but it still can. There's got to be like nine Look, different the elevator already wrong. failed. That's why I'm stuck <laughs> in there. I have no confidence in this workmanship whatsoever. Exactly. I don't care how many safety aspects they have, which I know they have like all different kinds. It's literally impossible, blah, blah, blah. But then why did the elevator break down to begin with? Clearly something's gone wrong. Is there too many people in it or something? Oh, it would bum me out if there was someone in there with me though. Especially if it was a person who was getting all panicky about it. Be like, ah, oh, really? Yeah, like someone's asking, oh my God, are we going to die? Are we going to die? In other words, if you were stuck in an elevator with me. I would want to have a nap. <laughs> That's your answer to everything. <laughs> oh, you jump out of a plane, you have a nap. <laughs> You're stuck in an elevator, you have a nap. Yeah, you'd be like freaking out. Like, dude, we're on the clock. <laughs> I'm getting paid for this. It's happened at the end of our lunch break. This is the perfect time. We just ride out the rest of the day in this elevator. I don't think we even give it another 20 minutes before, before we call we even- me needs. <laughs> before we push the button. Okay, now you've just finished lunch, but you really have to pee. And there's another person in there. Or to up Does the either end. of us have a cup? No, go with bottle first. That you can cover up. A, I a guess cup's cup. gonna like emanate. Or even worse, <laughs> the other person has to shit really bad. Like it's not even a joke. They're going to. Give them your shirt. No, hold it. <laughs> no, I can't hold it, man. I can't hold it. I've had nothing but curry and bourbon. Hold it. There are reasons to hold it. I'm shitting as we speak. Can you crawl up into that top thing? Because I'd do that. That's also on my bucket list. I, I feel don't know like that's probably way more dangerous. Than being in there with someone who's about to explode <laughs> with, with <laughs> diarrhea. Because I wouldn't want to boost him up. Yeah, no. Well, that, he, that's not working out. How's he going to get <laughs> Might out start raining. You're essentially stuck in a portaloo dangling in the air. If he does his crap, then I'm taking my chances up there. Even <laughs> if it's just to get away from the smell and it achieves nothing more than that. Just to get your head out. Because, yeah, it would be cool to do the whole, like like you said, bucket list, get out of the, the top of an elevator. But knowing me, I'd look up, see what's connecting the cable. And I'd be like, that's all that's holding an elevator up? I can never get in an elevator again. Yeah, you scare easily. I think I do. <laughs> I never used to. As I get older, I think I'm just picking up more and more problems. I think you just don't trust technology in general. You know, you just hit the nail on the head. I couldn't conjugate the problem, but <laughs> as I get older and I get further away from technology, I'm trying it less and less. That's absolutely it. Like if they made robots, you'd be terrified that they're going to kill everyone, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd be looking at them like, yeah, queer eyed every day. Like, what? Are you trying to kill me? There's no way you would have like a robot butler because you'd be like, no, no, when the uprising happens, uh, my house is all safe ki- zone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make my own French toast. Thank you. No, I would have as many robot butlers <laughs> as I could afford. <laughs> I would get them to carry me around the house so I would never have to use my legs again. <laughs> or you could have them move you. So you just stay still but they ply you like you know so to step you have one on each side moving each leg so you take forever to go anywhere but you never actually have to move or be carried (laughs) although okay let's let's go down the path you have robots everywhere so do you just sit in a wheelchair and just never get up that would be the dream (laughs) i was hoping you'd say that oh the dream of spending the rest of my life in a wheelchair and then that day when you decide to get up everyone's like wait you're not paralyzed we thought you were paralyzed i didn't want to bring it up because i thought 
to be a horrible moment in your life that you're just fucking lazy. <laughs> you just see me get up and stretch one day. <laughs> Wait, what? Especially to people who have only known you since you were in the chair. And you see, I got this special chip that works with the robots so they can read my mind so I don't even have to talk to them. So most people thought I was a vegetable. Uh, yeah, I didn't know you could talk. Then one day you went, hey, dude, can I have some peanuts? Whoa! First off, these are my peanuts. Secondly, how the hell are you talking? I was always watching your eyelids to see if you were blinking Morse code to me. <laughs> So you wouldn't have the robot butlers? Like I always do with every technology, I'd come around to it eventually. I still use <clears throat> elevators. I have a smartphone. I just wait until like I'm sure the uprising's not going to happen, but I'd still be behind. You'd have the up-to-date model of robot that can read your thoughts, whereas I'd have the one I have to put computer cards into to make it do <laughs> stuff. It's the, got like little floppy disks you're pushing into it. Cassettes and stuff, yeah. And the punch cards. So I have to carry around a box of punch cards. So if I want my robot to do anything, I have to get out the appropriate punch cards. Not just one set. I'll put them in the right order, put them in the robot, and then it'll do it. I'd feel safe with that. And I'll Mine watch- transforms into stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's more of the liquid metal Terminator oh. sort of style. Yes. <laughs> I'll watch you with yours. And then like 10 years later, I'll get that one. By which time you'll be on to the next one that knows what you're thinking before you think it. So you don't move. You don't speak. You don't even have to think anymore. It does everything. It preempts all of that. What if they could like read your mind and send your thoughts to the robot? So it knows like how you like your coffee, what your favorite foods are and so forth. What if the robot could read books for you and then put that information in your head? Oh, the other way around. That would yeah, be like cool. the robot could upload to you. Because the next thing is that it does the thinking for you and it lets you know things. So like, you know, you want to watch tennis be played. They just upload that game for you. So you never could actually- I watch multiple things at once if I had multiple robots? Or well, would I have one thinking robot? Well, it depends. I-, I imagine, well, you can have as many thinking robots, but is your brain capable of thinking several things at once? I could watch all of Jenny McCarthy's movies at once. I'm pretty sure there's not too much thinking. Yeah, we could all do that and follow the intense plots. That's not a problem. <laughs> I really do that now on like a split screen. We could set that up right now. I could tell you what's happening in every single one at the exact same moment. But the upload from a robot to your brain, the question is for me to answer this, is it an instantaneous upload or is there a bit of like buffering time? E equals MC buffering, buffering squared. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the lag time. My brain's an old model. We're getting like NBN put in soon though. <laughs> you could have robots do all your thinking and know everything everything that you want done, but you have to have an ethernet cable up your butt. I'd probably do that. Because <laughs> after two weeks, it'd just be like, well, that's just life. At this stage, everyone's doing it. You know they are. In fact, I'd probably be the weird one for not doing it at this point. Yeah, just be sitting here going, why won't you put an ethernet cable up your ass? And everyone listening would agree with me. And then you'd get like all the responses instantaneously in your head because everyone could upload through their robots to you. What, he doesn't have a blue cable up his butt? What's wrong with him? And you'd be there with this like weird look on your face as you receive all this information. I'd be like, why are you making that face? Everyone thinks so. Prove it. So we did allude to this before that she is an anti-vaxxer, which I thought that that was probably going to be 90% of the podcast, but we barely seem to talk about that at all. Because I think it's something that you and I don't really disagree on at all. Well, this is where I'm going to shock you. All right. Shock me. You agree with Jenny McCarthy wholeheartedly. <laughs> You're putting words in my mouth. And that they're the exact word. No, no. I'm going to play this from the... Okay, obviously I'm vaccinated and I believe vaccines are the right thing to do. And if I had children, I'd vaccinate them. And everyone, you should vaccinate your children. That being said, how can you prove a vaccine works? We don't have smallpox. But we do have smallpox, don't we? No, and that was gone. It was wiped out. Yeah, but okay. So I inject you with something. And then I say, now you can't get smallpox. How can you prove that what I gave you is the thing that stopped you from getting smallpox? How do we know that it wasn't a co- 
coincidence that smallpox ended. Well, they did double-blinded placebo-based trials. No, they didn't. That's a lie. No, for vaccines, they did. Well, how can they do a placebo trial? Like, so they try to infect people with a disease? No, the placebo would just be there injecting you with something harmless. It's nothing. But then that means that person would contract the disease. Well, yeah. That's not cool. People sign up for that. I've actually signed up for one of those. To get smallpox. Well, not to get smallpox. It was for a flu vaccination that they were testing out. Those vaccinations are different to other vaccinations because that's not an actual vaccine. That's just what they call them. They gave me a drug that was meant to stop me getting the flu virus, but it also could have just been a placebo. They also gave me 250 bucks, which is mostly why I did it. You didn't have to tell me that. I assume that. (laughs) So I could have got a placebo or either, and then I had to go there and tell them if I got sick. That's now. I'm talking about like when they first started and we're talking about polio. We're talking about all the rubellas and the big ones. You do not want to get smallpox. So how do we prove that what I just did is what's preventing you from getting smallpox? Well, like I said that, they do the same with cancer. Like you can sign up for cancer cures where you may get a placebo or you may get the real thing. That's fucked up. Well, they don't know what the real thing actually works yet. They're trying to find out. Well, they just give all of them the thing so that they don't die of cancer. Well, that's what you sign up for when you go for a drug trial. Like, okay, I was cool with your flu shot one. Like, cause, oh, what, you got sick, who cares? These people are dying (laughs) and they're like, hey, if you sign up, you have like a 50-50 chance of something that may or may not work. Oh, and 250 bucks, which I know that's what cancer patients are lining up for. Well, they probably get more for the cancer one. (laughs) That's Hey, Baldy, how much money for you to test maybe? But that's how they do science. Well, yeah, but is it? And like, okay, it's like... What do you mean, is it? In medicine, the double-blind placebo-based trials is like the golden standard. I know that that's That's how we know what medicine works. But I'm just saying, how fucked up is that? That there are people with cancer and they're like, here, have some sugar and pretend that they're curing them. Well, they need to know that the cure works. They're just as bad as the faith healers. (laughs) Because, you know, people go see the faith healers. They do the chelation therapy or whatever she called it. And, like, some people get better after that. And some people don't. Well, with the faith healers, everyone's given the fake medicine. Yeah, but some still get better. So how do we know if the, so clearly they do the double blind thing on the faith healer so it's the same as the vaccines isn't it? First of all no one's gotten better because of a faith healer. Well not because of them but maybe they just were. Like no, maybe no. it just went into recession or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah, maybe my back hurt yesterday I went and saw the faith healer and a week later it was fine. Like haven't you seen those shows where a person said like I was infected and I was gonna die but then I prayed to God and suddenly I was better? That's a faith healer right there. I mean if you're praying every day. <laughs> <laughs> well if you pray every day that's not a placebo that's yeah, godly intervention. <laughs> and I'm not saying that vaccines don't work. Of course they work. I'm just saying, how do you prove it? You don't have that disease because I gave you... Th- it's the Simpsons, you know? You see this rock, it keeps tigers away. Do you see any tigers around? Yeah, Clearly the no, rock works. there have been no tests on the rock in that. <laughs> My <That's> specious reasoning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're getting all these vaccines for diseases you don't even have. Simpsons again. (laughs) I guess that's the only point I wanted to make about it. It is impossible to prove a vaccine works. Wouldn't that apply to any medicine? Like, how can you prove that chemo works? Ah, because it goes into recession, whereas this is a vaccine that prevents the actual disease in the first place. You can see the disease or whatever be fixed by radiation, but with a vaccine, you just don't catch the disease ever. Yeah, but nobody catches the disease who gets it. But how do we know that's from the vaccine? Couldn't it just be like, you on an individual level, just think about you. I gave you a polio and 
injection. Even if I took polio and injected actual polio into you, there's still a chance it won't take. Well, what if some of the scientists injected themselves with the polio thing and then made out with somebody who had polio? Well, that's still- Is that how it works? <laughs> I'm like, I'm assuming that's how polio would spread. Yeah, I actually don't know how polio spreads. Well, let's but... just assume for the argument's sake that well, it can spread But if that I was way. a scientist and I invented a polio vaccination, the first thing I'd do is try and make out with a bunch of polio chicks. That's true. Why else do we get into it? I like those legs all wonky. Would that prove to you that- Well, no, because I could still make out with someone who has polio and not get polio. Could you make out with like a hundred people that have polio and not get polio? Yeah, statistically, it's still a possibility. Yeah, but it's small. It's highly unlike- Actually, I don't know how polio is- I'm led to believe that polio is pretty easy to get around because it was a problem. Like AIDS is hard to get, it turns out. You've yeah. tried, have you? Oh, I've been trying my whole life. I just can't seem to get it. It's like Pokemon. I just can't catch that Pikachu. Pikachu is AIDS. There's a low chance, but somehow it gets around. So I assume polio is the same. It's just easy to get around somehow. But the fact that you could be rolling in polio, you could drink polio, you could have a pure polio diet. Every night you sleep on a bed of polio and then you work in a polio factory. It doesn't mean you're going to catch polio, even if you haven't had a vaccination, because there's still a chance, however slim it may be, that it just didn't pick up or catch on. So how sure do you reckon they can be? Like they said, look, we're 99% positive that vaccines work. Would you buy that? Yeah, I already do. That margin of error. My point is that there is a margin where you can't unprove that. Like, what if it, it isn't the actual vaccine? What if it's something around the vaccine? What if it's like, if you get an injection, it's like aerating the soil that is the body and that's it's acupuncture. What yes! What if it turns out the thing that cured all diseases was acupuncture? We laughed at the Chinese. Because you know, <laughs> acupuncture's been around a while and it's not really holding up. Yeah, when we did pseudoscience, acupuncture was in pseudoscience. It was it? like right at the top because it starts with A. And I actually specifically said Eastern medicine because fuck the Ming dynasty, right? What do they yeah. know? They were doing brain surgery while we were still like hitting each other with clubs and figuring out fire, but whatever. Yeah, but they probably weren't doing it too well. That's true. And on the other hand, they're still trying to eat tiger penises to get erections. So, you know, yin and yang, I guess, give and take. <laughs> I mean, look at modern medicine for Western medicine. It's not exactly good. It's the best we have. Most of it's about making you comfortable while you die. That's the best summary of Western medicine. <laughs> How would you describe Western medicine? Palliative. <laughs> I mean, the Chinese, they understand the body flow, but we, we got hospice. We get how to put a pillow under a dying person's head. Everything we got is like painkillers. That's the best thing that we have. We know how to kill pain really well. We're good at that. We've got so many different kinds of painkillers too. <laughs> like morphine? You won't feel anything if they give you morphine. Nothing. We have things that make you fall asleep and feel nothing. <laughs> so you're not even there for it. You just drift off to sleep and it doesn't matter what they do to you, you won't wake up. They could have your chest cavity open and you wouldn't wake up. They can take your heart out and put another heart in. They can fiddle around with your brain. They can go in through the butthole to the knee. I think that's how they do it. I don't know how keyhole surgery works. So that's what we do. We can make you really comfortable. Oh, you've got cancer. Well, how about we just throw this thing that pretty much kills you at you and hope that the cancer dies first? <laughs> that is pretty much it. Chemo is just playing chicken with cancer. It is. You want to beat cancer, you just have to kind of be tougher than cancer. <laughs> cancer doesn't like radiation. I don't like radiation either. That's actually, I'm led to believe that's how people die. Yeah, yeah, but, but look, trust me. I'm pretty sure cancer will die first. Isn't cancer really tough? Like if you cut it out, it's just going to grow back. No, 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 no. 
no, no. See, I thought that would have taken them ages to find out because radiation causes cancer. So it would have been the last place I would have looked for the cure. Yeah, like it's, it's almost the last place you look. It's, so it's just like, okay, this guy got cancer from radiation. What if we just blast him with a different kind of radiation? Is there different kinds? Is it the same kind? Because it'd be like if you put yourself in the microwave and then <laughs> afterwards you had to put yourself on another setting in the microwave and you'd be fine. You can handle defrost, but high on 30 seconds you can't do. That's what yeah. you're saying. Oh, so I got cancer because it was on high, but I put it on poultry settings so that I could cure it. <laughs> yeah, it turns out the cure for cancer is the poultry setting on your microwave. <laughs> No one thought to check. It's true. Did you go and check? I also love that you think that a microwave gives you radiation. <laughs> it sure, might. Isn't that how it work? I don't know. <laughs> is it? Because I've heard like you can refer to it as nuking your food, but it's well, probably not accurate now I think about that. Well, it's a microwave. It sends radiation. Radio. Radio waves? Radiation. I don't know. You know I don't what? Because I heard someone say something about sound waves, but that doesn't sound right. Because all I hear is this little humming, and I'm like, that humming's not cooking my food. No, they're radio waves, not necessarily sound, but it's like a wavelength that mixes with water. I know that ants can crawl around in there and not die. Because they go between the beams. Is that true? That's true. Because I know I also heard with microwaves that they cook from the inside out. But the amount of times I've had something that's, that's cold in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that's not true at all. All it does is vibrate water. That's my understanding. Please write in and tell us how a microwave works. Because <laughs> my belief is that the water vibrates. I don't know why that would make sense or even why that would heat anything up. But that's my understanding. And my opinion is that Garth is wrong. <laughs> I have One way more chance. Be right. I have way more chance of being right. Oh, this is back to the 99% sure thing. <laughs> no, no, right. But I'm still that 1%. And until someone tells us different, you can't discount me. I am that amber necklace. <laughs> <laughs> I love that our show is just not us knowing anything, but trying to figure out facts. Not looking up the facts. <laughs> not like taking a real interest in it. Not even that caring that if it's true or not. So is it vibrating the water in stuff? Like if I put a steak in there, I assume there's some water. Well, there's water in the, in the steak, yeah. Yeah, and so is it just vibrating it? Is vibrating water make it warmer? Like if I shake a cup of water, will that make it slightly warmer? If you shake it enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm, I'm going with yes. I mean, this is on a micro scale and it's done really quickly. Um, yeah, sure, why not? Sure, why not? Why not? Prove me wrong. <laughs> and if it's not warming up from you shaking it, you just didn't shake it hard enough. I like watching it pass in your head and then just thinking, Ben's not going to test this. Yeah. Wait, don't no, say anything. <laughs> <laughs> it also helps if you put it in the fridge and then blow cool air on it. That will heat it right up. Yeah, this has got to be the smartest episode we've ever done. <laughs> uh, Jenny, we're with you. So the summary of that is, yeah, vaccine scenes don't cause autism. Yeah, definitely. Gus not sure if they actually do anything. I'm sure they do something. They paid for a lot of the big pharma. <laughs> I do believe in vaccines. I believe they work, blah, blah, blah. I'm just putting it out there. The anti-anti-vax movement is what I am highly aware of. It's a hot topic at the moment where everyone's like, oh, these anti-vax people, and they put them down. I haven't met an anti-vax person. I've only heard all the opinions by people who don't like anti-vax people. See, I put anti-vax with people who don't believe in global warming and flat earthers. Small little crazy pocket, but we all know that they're full of shit. Well, see, I thought if one of us was going to be an anti-vaxxer, I thought you would have. Really? Not because you'd believe it, but just because you like to stir shit wherever possible. <laughs> and that would really stir shit if everyone's in the room like, can you believe anti-vaxxers? Oh yeah, anti-vaxxers are the worst. That sounds like the bat sig- the Ben signal. <laughs> huh, huh, I'm an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> 
<laughs> my chance to annoy someone. <laughs> now, I think with most things, I genuinely tend to go with science. That's the short answer on everything. I mean, science is wrong in a lot of things, but it's the most correct thing. Yeah, it's closest to the correct thing. It's definitely better than, you know, the bird flew across the sky giving us fire. I mean, yeah, the Big Bang may sound stupid, but God went click is even stupider. <laughs> is it though? I mean, at least in the God story, there's a guy there. Yeah, but how did the guy get there? He's God. God. There was a huge explosion that created him. <laughs> <laughs> Just one back. Yeah, the big God bang. <laughs> The, um. the goddamn bang. And that's how you make the worst show in history that was the highest rated and gone for many, many seasons. Jeez. Well, her major accomplishment, I feel that we should talk about it, her Playboy spread. Ben, I knew it was a matter of time until you tried to see pictures of her. Well, you're the one who suggested this. That's true. I'm uh, sure they're very artsy because it's Playboy. It'll be very tasteful. She looks kind of Anna Nicole Smithy. She does a little. She's got a hose like, there wrapped around her. Like Anna Nicole Smith before she got fat. Maybe that's just the look that what? Playboy... Playboy Playmates have? What year was she the Playmate? 94. Alright, well let's have a look. Playboy 1994. Which that was around that. Because that's what I'm more interested in. That was the Anna Nicole Smith era too, wasn't it? Well, it says on here that she was preceded by Anna Nicole Smith. Ah, So she was Playmate at the year in 93. And then... And Julia Lee to... I don't know. Someone who didn't get a TV show out of it. Wouldn't that suck to be the chick after Jenny? She's just laying on a bed. Yeah, Yeah, that's not very clever. And she's got that wave haircut thing. It kind of looks like her head is just glued on another body. It does, doesn't it? But that's because they photoshopped these things so much that it doesn't even look real anymore. And she's been in it since by the looks. I don't know, maybe people were easier to satisfy back in the 90s. Oh, and it says on the cover, yeah, there's also an interview with Garth Brooks. (laughs) What else was going on? Let's see what was going on. Yeah, in 1994. The sordid confessions of an internet addict. In 94. In 94. What was he doing? He was waiting for that one picture of Melissa (laughs) He's going to be even more addicted to the internet now. These are up. I wonder how he's going these days. I think he's just normal now. Yeah, it's just like everyone caught up to him. The equivalent of an internet addict back then is just what people are now. Oh my God, that would be funny if that was you. (laughs) You were the internet addict back in 1994. And now I'm so far behind (laughs) everyone. Everyone surpassed me. Like, no, I knew how much I wanted to use the internet to start with. I didn't go any higher. I just seemed more than most people. A salute to the one wonderful wacky age of whining oh that's still going on like complaining when did that ever stop everyone does love to complain it's so stupid i hate it i know i'm sick of everyone complaining i know it's just ugh. ugh women firefighters put some heat on you oh my god there's like a bunch of firefighter chicks you know and they're naked (laughs) oh when i think of hot anyone who's capable of bench pressing me i like a woman with some shoulders you know what i'm saying (laughs) i want her to squat with me on her shoulder i want her to fireman's carry me down a ladder out through a window. Yeah, that, that's hot. I'm getting turned on just reading this. 94, there was nothing sexier than a woman. And, and Fireman's outfit too. So revealing. They do refer to Garth Brooks here as the king of pop music. I don't think that was ever the case. Yeah, that's an absolute lie. First off, he's country. <laughs> he's not even pop. He's not even the king of... He's not None even of those king. words are correct. Yeah, he's not even the king of country. <laughs> he's just a guy.
guy who does country music. He doesn't do pop. He's not the king. Okay, so they interviewed a guy and music. Music is the only correct word there. I'm more interested in the internet addict. Yeah, you say that uh, Playboy no longer has nudes. Everyone just reads the articles, right? Here we are talking about the articles. Yeah, because you got naked Jenny McCarthy here. and Though she's laying down, so you can kind of see her ass. She's uh, strategically covered up for the... It's the cover. They don't give out the nakeds on the cover because otherwise kids wouldn't buy it. Can you buy a magazine from 94? Oh, I bet you could. Actually, there's a thing you can do. There's a cute little um, gift idea I heard about where you get people a Playboy from the month they were born. Oh, really? Yeah. Now that I've said it out loud, do you kind of want to see... A little bit. Is that Uma Thurman? It can't be. That doesn't make any sense. No, who is that? Lips. Portals of Desire. There's some chick on the front that I don't know. Oh my god! On the cover of yours, can sex survive AIDS? Can it? I need to know. Uh, And also Michael Douglas interview. Oh, cool! Uh, what about you? Uh, so some chick we don't know and yours is about AIDS. That's kind of a downer. Why would you put AIDS in a porn magazine? Yeah. Oh, so are these Jones all... Collins? Is that 1984? January it says Australian 19... Playboy. Oh. And why is Joan Collins it? Well, I suppose she was younger then, wasn't she? That's August. Basketballs. Why did yours just come up and mine is a whole bunch of different ones? Yeah, there's a lot of Joan Collins here. Was that the chick from Flashdance? The ABCs of Aussie sex. <laughs> Escort agencies. Do they deliver? Orson Welles, neglected genius. Anton... Wow, yours makes you sound old. Yeah, it's like two years more than yours. But mine's like, like you just got some random chick and they talked about AIDS, which fair enough, that's a retro disease to have. But mine's like Joan Collins. I'm like, you mean that chick that everyone makes fun of for being old now? Like she's the classic old diva chick. But I suppose this was like in the 80s when she was like in her prime, right? Or on the way out, that's why she's in Playboy. Yeah, yours has like fire. Is it a face? <laughs> but I mean, if you're interviewing Orson Wells. How long has he been dead for? He's dead, right? I assume so. He's definitely dead. I love that we just went there and read all the articles. <laughs> they were right to take out the centerfolds. So what did you reckon of the Jenny McCarthy page? What would you rate it? Well, I thought I had a great time with this. I got to live out some of my fears. Got to tell you things that I don't tell other people about what I'm scared of, which I know if anyone in the world was to use that knowledge against me, it would be you. <laughs> so, and I got it on recording. Yeah, plus everyone listening right now, next time you see me, you know how to make me shit my pants. Great, cool. Oh my god, she was on Just Shoot Me. Sorry. <laughs> we didn't cover that. And Home Improvement. And Baywatch. Yeah, anyway, sorry, I'm getting off track. I'm getting Drew Carey Show. <laughs> she was on, yeah, Two and a Half Men. So she, she appears in a lot of things. I would have to rate this. A Command and Conquer Red Alert 3 out of a possible chelation therapy. In other chelation therapy is how it's pronounced. Ch. C-H- yeah, but that's E-L- Nothing in medicine is... Collation. Collation, that's when you... See, I'm probably saying it wrong too and sound even more stupid because I'm so (laughs) smug about it. (laughs) No, it's not chelation, it's collation. Someone out there is like screaming at us right now. It's hellation or whatever. I don't know, chelation therapy because I didn't know a lot of what was going on on this page. It's like chelation therapy. I don't know what exactly we're looking at right now. Like, I don't know what to make of this woman. She was a playboy model. She was an actress in movies. She was an advocate for anti- 
anti-vax. She's also uh, did a lot of good things for autism. I don't know what to say about this woman, but it was fun. I definitely enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as much as playing Command and Conquer Red Alert 3. The title cannot get much longer. <laughs> and I did enjoy her as Tanya. I thought she did a great job. And I thought this was fun. We got to learn all kinds of fun stuff about her. I liked that we got to look into the movies. I didn't know she was in all those movies, mostly playing herself. Oh, of course she is. I think that would be a great future world to live in where all you ever do is rock up and play yourself. In fairness, though, if you look through our work, we basically played ourselves. Yeah, that's true. Even if the character's different, it's still just me in a dress or whatever. <laughs> but that's not the fact that we're playing the same role. That's just our lack of range. <laughs> yeah, and literally everything I'm in, my character is Ben Graw. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the script says. I'd like to be the famous that she is where people are willing to write the script around her inability to act. So yeah, I had a great- No one act good around Garth. He can't act. <laughs> we need to make him look good. First rule of comedy, never be better than me. And I'm really bad. <laughs> I'm terrible. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun going through. This is a lot of things I didn't realize. I didn't know what chelation was, and now I <laughs> still don't know. Um, I thought it was fun. Yeah, what did you think, Ben? I did enjoy the episode, and I want to make it clear that when I'm rating, I'm rating the page, not our episode. I think we did awesome. I actually had fun this time. So I'm going to rate- Uh-oh, here it comes. Yeah, you know when it comes with the disclaimer? It's not going to be good. You're so- distancing yourself. From your rating Well I'm gonna give mine Out of 1994 Because That's when She was her Playmate of the year when she, The peak of her life We might say Yeah Everything yeah. got worse After that After then She sort of loses Heaps and heaps Of points for that I don't know She kind of just Annoys me As a person Like even when you Suggested this page to me There was kind of Like this groan That's just reflex <laughs> It's just Jenny McCarthy See I can't help it <laughs> It just happens. So out of 1994, I'll just give her a 94, which is possibly one of the lowest ratings that I've ever given. Oh! And she was married to Jim Carrey and she broke him. Because look around this. It was 2005 to 2010, right around when he got shit. Yeah, when he disappeared. And now it's taken about 10 years, but he's slowly coming back. He's crawled out of that hole. She's breaking science and she broke Jim Carrey. I have a problem. You know what? I agree with you. She did break Jim Carrey. We should have started, finished and middled with this. (laughs) Jim Carrey was on top of the world Around 2000, 2002, 2003 He was killing He was the box office drawer He was the top man 2005 to 10 He was just nothing Let's have a look at what his career did after that So when he got with Jenny McCarthy What movies did he do? Yeah, so 2005 is when he was officially married to her, right? So 2005 he did Fun with Dick and Jane And the number 23 That was a horrible movie I hated that I saw it It looked horrible I loved it But only because I was 23 when I saw it it? Nah, it was stupid. Yeah, Bruce Almighty did in 2003. Oh, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, 2004. And a series of unfortunate events. It's a video game. Yeah, also he did the Lemony other one. Schnickets. He did both, the movie and the video game. I didn't realize that there was a video game. Well, there is, and he's in it. <laughs> yeah, and they did Fun with Dick and Jane, number 23. Horton Hears a Who. I guess I, I think he was broken before this. Didn't the Majestic break him? I never saw the Majestic. Oh, it sucks. I saw half of it and just went done. But he was in, yeah, he was in Living Color from 1990 to 2001. So I didn't know he was in it that long. I didn't know the show ran that long. Yeah, neither did I. Ace Ventura was back in 94. The Mask was 94. And Dumb and Dumber was 94. Did you know they all came out the same year? Yeah, 94 was a good year for him. Yeah. That was probably how they bonded. They were just like, how good was 1994? I know, right? I didn't even make that connection. But yes, he was just like, oh my God, 94. I was the box office draw. Really? What a coincidence. I was the playmate of that year. They probably got married, just sat around and went, remember 94? <laughs> 
House of Pain had released their second album. People were doing the robot, but only in a retrospective fashion. So yeah, they had that to talk about. That's probably what they bonded over. And then spent a good five years of his life doing fuck all because we're going to blame her for him. (laughs) Not him for her. That's true. Could have been the other way around. Yeah, she was doing just fine. Hey, she was doing basketball. And then along comes Jim Carrey. Craps all over this young woman's career before she even got started. And she's like, my kid seems a little autistic. And Jim Carrey's like, might have been the vaccine. Exactly. He put it in her head. And then the kid got cured through chelation therapy. And he's there like, you gave the kid autism. It's not me. It's you. Even though it's clearly Jim Carrey's autism. Because it's genetic or something. I don't know. It's probably neither. (laughs) But yeah, no, I did like the episode. Don't like Jenny McCarthy. Okay. But what do you think of the page? I mean, the page is well set out, but it's about Jenny McCarthy. So (laughs) what do you want from me? The 94 points yeah, for, it the, stands. for the font and the spacing. Plus, I always rate everything too high. It's good to find one where I can just rate low. That's true. Otherwise, it just feels like we're just saying nice things all the time. Yeah, damn right. Got to have one of them that's not good. And the amount of complaining we do on this podcast and then end it by going, ha, ha, that was great. I had a great time. No, we did. We just complained the whole time. Granted, that's what I do for fun. <laughs> but I don't like good things because then I can't complain about them. All right. Well, other than that, just got to plug humidor.com.com au also the facebook page and the youtube email us at wikireviewpodcast at gmail.com hit us up from anywhere you want find us on facebook any questions any ideas for episodes let us know we'll do them yeah and rate and like anything that we do and that's all sweet uh, yeah we're getting really good at this yeah we're getting faster at it it's just like you know the deal guys yeah. it's all in the show notes anyway yeah and the show notes there we go all right other than that i've been ben Grohl. i've been garth remington and we'll catch you on the next wiki review Humidor on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and at humidor.com.au. Theme is I Live for the Bass Drum by DJ Searle. All other music by Matt Graw.